people hold within themselves the essence of the child that they once were. As you matured, your adult self grew up regardless of not getting all its needs met as a child. But it's not like the child aspect of yourself disappeared or died or went somewhere. It exists within your internal system. This inner child of yours symbolizes the core of your emotional self, the raw essence and vulnerability of your personal truth. In truth, people have many inner children. To understand more about this, watch my video titled Fragmentation, the Worldwide Disease. But if we're looking at ourselves in terms of fragmentation, you can think of these many inner children as being organized into one box inside yourself that is labeled the inner child. If you want to think metaphorically, the inner child is the box within your psyche that holds everything related to the child self. Things like innocence, play, wonder, suppressed desire and interests, curiosity, creativity, being in the present moment, honesty, imagination, emotions, traumas that belong to your childhood, childhood memories, the origin of patterns in your life, and even your pre-birth purpose. And these things that I've mentioned are just the tip of the iceberg. Working directly with this box within your psyche called the inner child, or any parts within that box, can go a long way when it comes to resolving traumas, healing dysfunctional patterns in your life, getting closer to your actual core essence, re-establishing your compass in life, a compass that operates inside out instead of outside in. It also goes a long way when it comes to getting in touch with your needs and figuring out what needs need to be met and also strategizing ways to meet those needs. Also, finding what your genuine joy in life actually is. There are many different ways that we can go about working with the inner child, but the exercise that we're going to do today is to have our inner child write us a letter. And when I say we're going to have the inner child write us a letter, what I mean is that we're going to allow ourselves to embody our own inner child and then that inner child is going to write a letter to us today. So if you are 32 today, your inner child is going to write you a letter to yourself today at age 32. To do this exercise, I want you to get a sheet of paper and a pen or a pencil. I want you to sit somewhere comfortable where you're not going to be distracted. And then I want you to pretend that you are a method actor. And as this method actor, what you're going to do is to let yourself embody just the aspect of you that is your inner child. In other words, you're diving into the perspective and becoming that one part of yourself. You are going to channel only your inner child and allow it to take over your whole body and awareness. You're going to get used to being inside the perspective of your inner child as if you were dropping down into a foreign body, a foreign being, and experiencing how it is to be that foreign being. Consider things like, what do I feel like? How big or small am I? How old do I feel? Where do I feel like I am? Essentially, to begin with, you're simply becoming aware of it without asking it to express or questioning it. From there, you can let yourself, as the inner child, write or speak. Some people prefer to speak and record themselves doing this, but most people find the most benefit by writing as the inner child. I want you to remember that if you have a hard time doing this, that you may switch hands so that you're writing with your non-dominant hand. No matter how messy your handwriting is, it doesn't matter. 
Your non-dominant hand is the most connected to your subconscious instead of conscious mind. So a lot of people find it easier to do this exercise when they are writing with their non-dominant hand. However, if you're the kind of person who doesn't find it difficult to channel your inner child, you can go ahead and use whatever hand you usually write with. Remember, you're going to speak or write as the child self who is writing or speaking directly to you as your adult self here in this moment, the age you are today. Keep in mind that some inner children are a lot more communicative than others. Why I say this is that I don't want you to get attached to how this should look. I want you to let whatever happens happen. Some inner children are going to act completely different than others. Some are going to be really, really angry. Some may distrust you so much that they're hesitant to even communicate at all. Others, to the complete opposite, are super bubbly, super playful, really communicative. I want you to be present for however your inner child shows up and interacts with you when it's writing you this letter. What is your inner child's current truth? What does it need to say or need you or others to hear? Let your inner child express as much as it wants. As you are going through this process, you may naturally feel questions arise within your being. It's okay to pose those questions to your inner child while you are still in the process of channeling the inner child. Things like, when did this start? Or when did things change for you? Or what would you need me to be doing differently than I'm currently doing, and why? Any question that arises naturally in your being for your inner child to answer while you're channeling it can get you closer to what the actual personal truth of this child, and therefore you, is. Do this for as long as it takes for your inner child to say everything that you feel like it needs to say. And from there, you're going to switch to, Alright, given the fact that this is what this inner child has said, what do I need to do in order to create resolve, or in order to improve the relationship with this inner child? To do this, of course, you're going to have to come out of the perspective of being in first-person perspective of your inner child. If you have a difficult time doing this, I want you to imagine that there's a tiny ball of light, about pearl size, in your heart. And what you're going to do is to expand and expand that pearl-sized light like you're blowing up a balloon. And what you're going to be doing is blowing up a balloon where the perimeter of that is that perspective you're stuck in, the perspective of the inner child. So almost like you're blowing this balloon up and then at a certain point, that perspective splits, kind of like a, a gene seam would split. So that you can then step out, visualize stepping out of that perspective of the inner child, where then you can turn back around, you can pick up that perspective and hand it up to the universe at large. This doesn't mean you're getting rid of it. Remember, all things in the universe are connected. So you're just stepping out of that inner child perspective so you can be in your adult perspective and now take action based on the information you received. If you feel inspired to do so, you may want to do a visualization also based off of the information you received. One of the best ways to do this is to imagine your inner child at whatever age you intuitively see him or her standing or sitting in front of you. I like to do this in an empty room. From there, you do anything with the inner child that feels intuitively right to do. That being said, never forget to validate your inner child, and it's best if this step is done first. Validation is the step that most people completely forget when they are doing inner child work, and it's perhaps the most important step to take when we're doing inner child work of any kind. In other words, when we're working with an inner child, we usually rush to take the child out of whatever state that they're feeling. We rush to change the way that they feel. And when we do this, we risk giving them the message that how they feel is not okay, and maybe isn't even right, and needs to change. 
I'm going to give you an example of how we might go about validating the emotional state of the inner child. Let's say that we're dealing with an inner child who expresses jealousy because they feel unloved and they feel insignificant. We don't instantly try to make that child feel less jealous. Instead, we validate the jealousy that they feel. Keep in mind that validation of emotions is not the same as validating the child's truth. If validating the child's truth is going to lead them down the road of more pain instead of less pain. For example, let's say that this child says, I feel jealous, I don't feel like anyone loves me, I don't feel valued. We don't validate the child by saying, you're right, no one loves you and you're not valued. No, instead you're saying something like this. You're right to feel this way because anyone who is in the situation would feel this way. It's totally understandable how you could feel like people aren't valuing you. It makes sense that you would feel sad. But I'm here with you no matter what. It's okay to feel this way. You have a right and a valid reason to feel the way you do. We also remain present to however that validation causes the child's feelings to change. It's very important to understand that what causes a lot of us to be stuck in childhood is that we felt a certain way and then we were made wrong for feeling that way. So we got gaslit and that actually makes an emotion stuck within the being. So validation is one of the primary ways to get an emotion to move forward and to evolve and to change and to improve. All this being said, I do need you to know that sometimes for very specific children, it is important to ungaslight them or move forward their emotional state by actually validating one of their perspectives instead of just the way that they feel. For example, it's quite common that a little kid who's getting abused in childhood is constantly gaslit about being abused. So they're being invalidated all the time about that perspective, which is actually accurate. So let's say that a child's being abused, but is constantly being told by the perpetrator that he's just being given a bath in all the places that he's dirty. This causes great cognitive dissonance within the child. In fact, great enough to be its own state of mental trauma. Therefore, sometimes when you're working with this inner child, it's important to affirm, yes, you're actually right, you were getting abused. And maybe that type of validation is also necessary for your child at some point in this visualization. It's natural for a child to have a reaction when they're being validated. Usually it's a good one, but not always, because it causes a release. So some children, when you validate them, will let go and start crying. Others will go, okay, now I can go and play. If something like sadness or grief comes up as a result of validating your inner child, continue to validate these new feelings and remain present with those feelings as well. The point is, you got to learn how to be unconditionally with your inner child without having to change the way that your child feels. There's a very different energy between, I want to do this thing so that you feel better because I really care about you, and I have a real resistance to like the way you're feeling and I need this to change. Now, if you can't do this for your inner child for some reason, it's important to visualize somebody coming in with this visualization that actually can do that for your child. For example, if you believe that an angel can validate your child in this way and take care of its needs, then actually imagine or visualize an angel coming in and doing this for your inner child. From there, once that validation has taken place, you can step into the part of resolution, where you're meeting any of your child's needs, you're changing the situation in any way that needs to be changed, you're basically causing a change to the emotions, you're causing an improvement. Now, of course, when you are writing this letter to yourself as the inner child, it is much easier to know what needs to be done in this visualization if you're choosing to do that step, so as to create resolve with your inner child. 
So all this being said, I thought it would be a good idea to bring on one of my community members who I gave the assignment of doing this exercise for so that you can have a concrete example for what it looks like to do this letter. Yeah. Hey, Grassy. Hi. <laughs> You're like our resident guinea pig now. Huh? <laughs> I am the universal guinea pig here. <laughs> okay, so why don't you tell us what your inner child wrote to you? Okay. Can you just read us a little? I'm going to read it to you guys, but I thought it was pretty funny and accurate and very interesting. You'll see why. Okay. Hi, older self. I see that you have taken a lot of responsibility for what happened to us in childhood. You should probably stop. <laughs> like now. <laughs> You're still doing this from a place of you're guilty, which is your problem. I just want to have fun. You're living life with a bunch of consequences in mind, and the truth is that that is not reality. You are suffocating me and only letting me come out when it's safe or there won't be consequences. Stop. Stop it. Exclamation points, by the way. <laughs> you are being our controlling mother. I know what happened was scary and feels like it left an imprint, but actually I'm perfectly fine. It was an experience. If we only stay on that experience, that is the only thing we will know. Abuse is not the only thing I want to know. Frustration. Ah! <laughs> I want to explore. I want to let myself dream because what is life without letting yourself have possibilities? You know what? You know what that is? It's, stu it's a stupid life. <laughs> oh my god. I think my child self is a little sassy. <laughs> um, honestly, why even bother? You're not acting like you're, you are not acting like you are out of abuse. Come on. This fear of feeling like you're going to lose everyone, that there is going to be a major consequence has you frozen in the biggest consequence, stuck in your past. I want you to ask yourself, what new thing could I create today? Every day. As you can see, I'm a little frustrated that you, at you because honestly, you, you just seem like an old fart. <laughs> Do something different. This, this is not who we are. We are fun, social, actually pretty outgoing, not that lame. You're like trying to, you are like trying to move a mountain, impossibly stubborn. Enjoy people. You're too worried about losing them that you don't even notice that they are there. You know what I'm done with? You know what I'm done with? The advice? Do something new today. Oh, wow. It's really sassy. You know what I'm done with? The advice. Do something new today. That's it. And no one took anything from you, so the end. Wow. <laughs> that was it. So was that what you were expecting? Not at all. What were you expecting? I actually, well, from its perspective, I can see how I'm actually still stuck in the trauma of it all and trying to, like, building myself to make sure it doesn't happen again. Right? And it's completely not in that space, and that was really surprising. I thought, you know, I was going to get a little child that was scared and crying and it was like, no, you're actually crazy. <laughs> so based off of the information that you received in that letter, are there any changes you feel like you need to make or needs you might need to meet or? Well, in one way, it kind of made everything really like, okay, you're, I'm actually not in the same reality. I'm in an illusion, so it made everything less scary. Um, but I, it just seems like I actually do need to have more fun. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so what are you going to do today to have more fun? 
<laughs> I just put her totally on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh... Can that be what you're thinking about right now? That's what I need to think about because I feel like I'm so used to thinking, even just thinking, that, you know, A, B, and C leads to I'm safe. Mm-hmm. That I have no idea actually how to think outside of that. Okay, so that's your assignment right now. Yep. You're thinking outside of that box <laughs> and you're going to figure out what you need to do to have fun today. <laughs> Thank you. Graciela has been doing so much internal work for so many years and developed enough of a relationship with her internal child self. What you just got to see was a child self that feels comfortable enough with the adult self that it's able to be super sassy. Don't be afraid if your inner child does not sound anything like that. If your inner child is sad, if it's grieving, if it's terrified, it's totally fine if that's what comes out. I want you to be present with whatever your inner child is saying to you. After you do this exercise, given the information that you receive from doing it, is there anything that needs to be done? Is there any resolve you need to create? Are there any changes you might need to make? Do you have a need that you need to find a way to meet? Do you need to embody any of the suppressed aspects of your inner child in your adult life? Do you have any childhood interests you might need to pick back up? To make the most of this exercise, you're going to want to make any changes that become obvious to you that you need to make as a result of doing this exercise. And don't forget that you can do this as many times as you want. In fact, periodical check-ins with your inner child can go a long way towards your personal health. And remember, the better your relationship is with your inner child, the better your life will feel. Have a good week.